Hey there, welcome back to Science Fiction. I am your host, Salim Sarawala, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Carl Eames. Carl, how's it going? Doing great. How's everything on your end? Good, good. I uh, I got I had a good holiday weekend, long holiday weekend. Uh, purchased a new TV. Uh, Same. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can see it back there. It's a little bigger. I rearranged a little bit of my my setting. Um, did that. Obviously, you know, I went and saw Ghostbuster, which we'll get into later, and you saw Resident Evil, which again we'll get into later. Uh, but how was your time with family, though? Uh, non-existent. So I spent time with oh. this TV. So oh, okay. I, I did the same thing you did. I bought a TV and nice. uh, cleaned up a little bit. And uh, family was a no-show or no-go. So, yeah, that was my holiday. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I went to go see Resident Evil on Saturday. Saturday yeah, yeah. We went, we went, like, yeah. simultaneously. Like, I had just gotten out of the theater and I texted you. I was like, hey, I'm going to go watch the movie. I just got out of the movie. He's like, oh, I'm just heading in. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, side note on that. The theater that I saw this movie in was the same theater I went to see Eternals in. Uh-huh. I don't think I'll be going back to that theater ever again <laughs> because of two consecutive um, bad experiences. And this was way worse than Eternals because that was yeah, at the I, end. People, uh, people yelling? <laughs> no, no, they were like active discussion throughout the entire movie and not even uh, like a small part like the whole movie the entire back row were just chatting it up the entire time uh, yeah. like completely rude like okay i'm gonna have to start going to the suburbs now to watch movies as <laughs> people can actually respect the movie going experience so yeah i've I already ordered my uh far uh, no way home tickets uh oh, you did? I yeah I thought you said you weren't going to participate in the first night of the ticket purchases. I didn't. That was on Monday, and I bought my ticket yesterday. Um, Yeah, was it yesterday? (laughs) Yeah, it was yesterday, and I was thinking about it. Like, yeah, I was going to look, but let's see how well it's selling out, just in case it's, like, already sold out. And I got, apparently, uh, this theater is selling tickets as early as 3 o'clock on thursday and there's like 10 seats left at three o'clock on thursday so i went ahead and grabbed one um but yeah it's selling out pretty fast i guess at least of the early screenings and it, i've never seen a, a like i always see my movies on thursday anyway i've never seen them that early like even be available like the earliest is usually six or seven and now it's apparently three o'clock Oh, nice. I, I may Maybe. check it out. Like, I was I was going to wait, but I may go to a Thursday show just because, like, I'm so amped up to see this, and then I don't want to, like, see any spoilers because someone's going to spoil yeah. something. Mm-hmm. I also you got the matinee that. price, too, because if I waited till 4 o'clock, it would have been $5 more, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's nice. That was the other motivating factor. <laughs> nice. I'll see if I can do it earlier. I, I probably had to wait till after matinee just because i i usually work till at least four o'clock on thursdays i work from home but still i i gotta i'm usually logged in till four o'clock so i have to wait but anyway sp- speaking of spider-man uh we'll, we'll get into our show here 
just wanted to mention, I don't know if you saw the news. I think obviously you have. Uh, the producer of No Way Home. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's a producer just of No Way Home or just in general Sony. Amy Pascal. Yeah, Amy Pascal. I'm not sure if she's just the producer of No Way Home or she's just involved as far as Sony is concerned in general. Um, but she or she's like an executive or and so on. I Sony think she's like I think she's like the Kevin Feige of Sony. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, she mentioned that the, that this is obviously like obviously we mentioned in the past that this is the end of the No Way Home or the Home trilogy, like Homecoming. Far from home, no way home. And then she mentioned that they're going to move on and and start a new trilogy, and that is Tom Holland is going to be involved with those Spider-Man movies. So that was announced. Um, kind of not a surprise, but at the same time, it's kind of like nice to hear mm-hmm. because we were. It's, you never know. You just never know with how it's going to shake out, especially some of the things uh, Tom Holland was saying recently. How he thinks he'll be a failure if he was Spider-Man when he's 30. It's like, well, he's 25 right now. And uh-huh. seeing that they do these movies every two years, right. odds are he's not going to be Spider-Man that much longer. So it's yeah. like, okay, it's good to know he's going to be around for a little bit at least. And I think it would be actually... what One thing, I love Spider-Man um, as a young you know, high schooler or early college like that's like classic spider-man i actually prefer adult spider-man like in his young 20s or or late mid 20s i prefer that spider-man so much more because he's got so much more going on and and so much to lose as well i mean Aunt may is still there but he has his relationship with mary jane which they were married for a long time and he still has all of his friends and stuff like that he has depending on what part of Spider-Man you're reading, whether he's <laughs> still taking pictures or he was at that brief time where he was a teacher uh, and, and stuff like that. That's for me, that's my Spider-Man for me. Like I like him grown. So if Tom Holland keeps going and we can move past this high school thing and get him into college or even past that. And if he's like past 30 years old, he can be like a, he's still going to look young. So it can still be like a, a young, uh, young adult type of spider-man i'm all for that and yeah. um the, the i think the biggest thing that i really really want out of this next trilogy is for them to leave the iron man stuff in the past and move past him idolizing iron man and taking all right. of his tech uh i'd like for him to get a basic spider-man suit that's not super tech based and right. he can look more classic spider-man and um have you know just just be that but without the influence of the avengers and iron man like they'll still be there he'll still be part of the team still do all that stuff but it won't be so mcu influenced because uh, that's like one of the knocks on this spider-man is that you know he is basically iron man's like i don't know protege but the comic books that didn't come until significantly later in his career right um i'll say this so like i don't know what exactly they're gonna do obviously we don't know no 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 none of us of us know um but they kind of pretty much said that he's gonna be the new tony park or tony stark of going forward so i 
I don't know what they mean by that, obviously. Do they just mean that he's going to be the leader? That doesn't necessarily mean he's still going to be like the same uh, protege of Tony Stark. And he's, I'm, I would imagine, because since Robert Downey Jr. is like, you know what, I'm done with MCU. Um, and and I, I imagine they're not going to keep bringing him up. Uh, at some point, they'll probably move on, especially when they start doing like Iron Lad and stuff like that. I'm sure they'll eventually move on to that. Um, and it'll be interesting. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see what they'd end up doing story-wise because technically Civil War is when Peter Park is a grown adult. That's like in the comic book timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually a grown, like he's an adult in that in that time frame uh, when he reveals himself to be Spider-Man to the world. Um, and then after that, which this movie is hinting, obviously it shows Doctor Strange doing the spell. In the comic book timeline, right after that, he goes to a character called, we've bought him up before, Mephisto, to take back um, everyone knowing that he's uh, Spider-Man. And then obviously it becomes a situation where uh, Mary Jane is going to forget, in the comics that is, his aunt and everyone involved is going to forget that he's Spider-Man. Uh, so he's kind of, they just show like a saga of him living out the last days of Mary Jane knowing and all these different events that happen. But like I said, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where, where they go because um, obviously MCU does their own thing, but it's just interesting because obviously during the, in the comics, Civil War is when he's a, technically is an adult. Uh, but obviously in here, they show him as a high school kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting, but yeah, I'm excited about that. Like, obviously, you like you already know I'm a huge Spider-Man guy. Uh, he's easily my favorite guy. It's funny I'm start. I've been starting to read the comics again, um, just because like I'm just addicted to it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's fun. It's nice to nice to uh, uh, know that he's gonna be. They're gonna be doing a lot more Spider-Man stuff, and Sony and Disney are. Yeah, Disney won't have like a fight about its rights. Um, I guess the other interesting thing I do want to mention too, though, is it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, Sony does with all the movies that they're doing. Like supposedly right now, and maybe they're just kind of being like coy or hush hush about it. But they're supposedly saying that these movies that they're doing that's not technically an MCU. That's what they kind of hinted towards or something or said that they're technically not MCU, but maybe they're just saying that because, you know, they eventually want to bring that these characters over because they want to include those characters for the sec like the second set of trilogy trilogy that they're gonna do. So that I mean like Black Cat and Venom and stuff, or are you talking about specifically the Spider Man movies? The specifically like the you know, the new Sony movies that they're the Sony, uh, the like the Venom, uh, Morbius, and all that stuff. Supposedly, they're saying that that technically it, it may not cross over. They mentioned. Yeah, I don't that. think it all will. No, but I, I mean, may... they, like, like I said, I think I think I said this before that there's a chance that they can like cross over, say, like Morbius, because it makes more sense for Morbius to cross over with Blade then even though he's like spider-man and stuff you can still involve him in spider-man or have spider-man jump over to 
be in a Morbius movie or something like that, but it would make more sense for Morbius to be with um, with uh, Blade and and so on. But they're not going to keep doing this for every character. Like when they eventually have this Black Cat movie and this rumored Craven the Hunter movie, they're not going to do a jump over for each one of those and say, well, we're going to have Craven jump over in Spider-Man's movie, but then he's going to have his own movie and just keep on like that's gonna like if I'm Kevin Feige, I'm gonna be exhausted. Like you're gonna have a Betty Brant movie, and then you're gonna have her cross over into the MCU so she can hang out with Karen Page and hang out with uh, MJ. So that way she can be canon. But then in Betty Brant two, she's gonna be back in her own. Like they're not gonna do every single Spider-Man character, and then uh, try to find a reason to put them in the MCU. Like, because again, like they're in a separate universe. So the Doctor Strange multiverse stuff, it's not going to happen every single time. And they can't keep uh, trying to find an excuse to get uh, Morbius and Carnage and the Shocker and, uh, you know, Pace Pot Pete or whatever to be all in the same movie. Uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, so you said they're doing a Betty Brant movie, or are you just joking? No, just, just joking. Oh, okay, I was like, she. I mean, look, she's an important character in the early years of Spider-Man, but like, her having her own movie would be absolutely bizarre. Like, what? But that's what I mean. Like, like is it like I like Black Cat, but do I think she's gonna you know, deserves her own movie? No. Am I gonna go see it? Probably, but I don't think she deserves the whole movie. Or for that matter, a trilogy, which is most likely what Sony's going to do. They're going to make three movies of Black Cat. They're going to make three movies with Morbius. They're going to do three Sinister Six movies, probably. They're going to do uh, three Craven the Hunter movies, because uh, that's still rumored. And they'll just find whatever C-list Spider-Man character they can to try to make a movie to make some money. Because Morbius, like Morbius, if you just told me like five years ago. It doesn't deserve a movie what they're doing with this movie like okay they're fleshing him out enough to make a decent movie but at the back of every spider-man's uh fan's head is when he's gonna cross over with spider-man just like right. the venom like venom's cool to to do his own thing but without spider-man he's still lacking some substance and he's still gonna have that question just looming over the entire franchise when is he gonna go and meet spider-man and they can't keep doing that for his entire rogues gallery of villains and they can't do that for his entire uh supporting cast like it's gonna have to stop at some point no uh, they're, they're gonna have to have him tom holland actually be in their universe and not in the mcu or find the doctor strange reason why they can come over and then go back Right, yeah, like I said, you know, Mor Morbius is a nice supporting character. I mean, they did do Marvel did do like a small Morbius series, um, which does have like some you know background on him, Michael Morbius and all that stuff. But yeah, it's kind of hard to milk out three movies of mm -hmm. Morbius. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna really do. Obviously, you're gonna have to create brand new storylines of your own, um, mm -hmm. which obviously they can do it if they want to but yeah we'll see anyways we'll, we'll get into uh move on now get into um, um the movies that you and i saw uh we'll start out with ghostbusters afterlife um first 
if anyone just in case hadn't seen the final trailer, we'll play that really quick. So uh, just a quick final trailer that uh, you guys can uh, view right now. I remember Revelations. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Judgment Day. Raise a call. I'm calling about what happened in New York. There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. God, what is happening here? His grandfather was a Ghostbuster. Something was coming and he knew it. I think we opened the gates of hell. Hey, have you missed us? So yeah, that's a trailer. Um, I thought, I mean, so the movie itself, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, there was a, it was a kind of a newer twist to it. Like it was, it was a little more serious, a little more darker than the original. Um, is that, you hear an echo? No. No? Okay, just me? Uh, maybe I'm just hearing voices in my head. Uh, anyways, but yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, maybe. The afterlife. It's uh, Maybe I shouldn't have watched the movie. But no, yeah, so the movie itself, I thought it was fun. I thought it was it was a nice, uh, you know, uh, homage to the original. Um, I know you had some questions uh, as well. well. We'll get into those, but. Yeah, like so. I said, like I thought it was well acted. Like the characters were nice; they worked well with each other. Um, the story, I, obviously, they they borrowed from the original going in, which I'll. There's some things that I'll connect uh, as as we continue our conversation here. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, like I said, I, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't give it like a, a five or anything necessary, like a three and a half stars, if you will. But it was entertaining. Three and a half out of five. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. then, like, okay, so I was like a quick history on my uh, Ghostbusters knowledge and history and stuff. Uh, I actually used to be a huge Ghostbusters fan when I was a kid. So it was talking about early nineties, and. So much so, I dressed up as a Ghostbuster for Halloween. I had the full jumpsuit. I had a proton pack, the blaster, the trap, and all of that. And my mom even told me that um, I watched Ghostbusters so much on VHS that I broke the VCR. And that's Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2. And since then, I have not been at all into the franchise. I don't hardly remember even what happened in those movies. Um, I only really remember uh, what's his name, Slimer, and uh, the Safe of Marshmallow. Uh, that's all I really remember. I don't remember the characters at all, uh, the plot or anything else. Um, so, but I am curious enough if these new this new movie, if it's connected to all of those old movies, and does that also include that one 
Ghostbusters movie from a couple years ago, uh, the all-female cast, which, uh, funny enough, I own that movie because I got it for free. I have not watched it yet. <laughs> um. So yeah. So the all-female cast is not uh, is not canon to this. Okay. Uh, they don't. There's no mention of that. I think. I don't know if they just want to pretend like that never existed. I mean. Hmm. Um. I, I mean that I, I thought that movie was entertaining, but I know there's a lot of people had issues with it. I don't for various reasons, some not cool reasons, but others maybe just they just didn't like the movie, the storyline or whatever. Um, so was it at the time when that movie came out, was it at the time considered to be a continuation? I don't believe so. I, and to be honest, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Like I think I saw it like maybe a couple of months after it came out of mm-hmm. the theater out of theater so i don't remember it like in the beginning if they mentioned anything with um in relation to the original ghostbusters but this movie for sure they don't mention anything to, uh with the all-female cast um because hmm. even like chris, chris hemsworth is in that movie too uh they didn't mention anything with him or his character or anything like that um as far as like a lot of the stuff for the original movie, yeah, that that this is connected very much to the original movie, and we'll definitely get into that in a little bit more here. And so, the, how um, now this is going to be spoilers. I'm going to be giving away spoilers here, just so we're aware. Um, just in case if anyone hasn't seen this movie yet or wants to see it, um, there's tidbits I'm going to be giving out that will probably spoil parts of the movie. So, uh, listeners, beware. <laughs> But yeah, so as we as, as as we get into the movie, so like you mentioned, like the proton packs, the blasters, traps, that's all they bring that back. All so the same. It, and it, uh, this is the is original, it all? And it's, it's all the yeah. original ones too. So okay. like they when they find um um the new characters like the kids, uh when they find um um on on like as they're you know doing whatever they're doing, like even the 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 car. Uh, the Ghostbuster car, it's like they, it's like the original car that's been sitting in a garage, if you will, and covered up and it's all dusty and it's not working and they have to like fix it to get it to work. Um, but yeah, it's all of that original equipment is back in this movie. Um, and they do, I feel like, you know, the it's funny, so kind of like there's a couple of like Easter eggs, not necessarily maybe Easter eggs, but like hints toward to, throughout the movie that kind of connects the original movie too. Um, so the first the first hint they have is at the very beginning of the movie, um, where in in um, the original movie you, you see Zool that uh, enters enter Dana Barrett's apartment. Like possessing her in an armchair by reaching the claws through the fabric, um, so that's Zool, obviously. And the and the goal of the result was like the same thing what happened to Egon's character originally. Because in this new movie, they sh- obviously Harold Ramis passed away uh, years ago, but they kind of show like you know a silhouette of him, a, someone pretending to be him or acting as him um, in the, in the beginning. In a shadow, he's kind of like running away from a ghost that he was trying to potentially trap. Gets back to his farmhouse that he has, 
um, and he's trying to trap it there. And then he sits down in his chair and the ghost in the same way that it possesses Dana Barrett. But in this sense, he, it, it kills Egon. Uh, but it does the same thing through like the chair. So it kind of makes a hint at Zool, uh, which was on the original movie. So, so he dies with, like I said, the method and approach is similar. Uh, so, and, and it makes you realize, okay, this is not a, this is not a random new ghost. It's, it's probably Zool. So they um, killed off the character because the actor passed away. Yeah, that's imagine they like they they're not gonna have Egon in the movie, obviously. So uh, they just wanted to, they they killed him off in the beginning, um, and then the next thing uh, I'll mention too that they they show. Uh, so when when they go to the early sightings of of Shandor, the uh, the characters uh, podcast and Phoebe. So the little boy is podcast and Phoebe. Who is related to Harold Ramis's character Egon? Essentially, it's, that's his granddaughter. They show um, she. They're going to this location uh, in the mountains. So he, he points out some of the Art Deco uh, hieroglyphics, which are which kind of scores its surface. The hieroglyphics, uh, upon closer examination, they're like perfect recreation of the statue layout that top Dana Barrett's building in the original movie. So that's another tip right there that, you know, the beginning of the movie is hinting towards Gozer, which was one of the, like, the main, you know, ghost villain, if you will, that is trying to come back to life and, you know, to take over or whatever. Um, so those two right there, it kind of hints that shows, like, this direct connection to the first set of movies. And they're starting off, and obviously they're, the, the, the plot of the movie ends up essentially being where they're going to have to fight these Zool and Gozer again and um, and and get away with that. But obviously they do they have their own twist to it. Um, like uh, Slimer isn't back. The, it's a new character called Muncher. Um, he looks in a, a little bit like Slimer, but he's different um, in, in, in the movie here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really uh, it was a like I said, it was a fun movie. It showed a lot of great you know other things. Um, there's a couple other things I did want to mention uh, references about the movie that I thought were interesting. The tidbits about the movie. So, um, in I don't know if people knew this or not, but Bill Murray and Harold Ramis had a falling out. Um, in in the original movies, from the original movies, because uh, the in in so Harold Ramis's daughter, um, she she wrote a book. Her name Violet Ramis Steele. She wrote memoirs uh, of Ghostbusters' daughter life with my dad. Um, Harold Ramis uh, Ramis and Murray had an intense like uh, creative disagreement on set of of. Groundhog Day. So it wasn't for, sorry, so it wasn't during Ghostbusters, it was during Groundhog's Day that one day that Ramis kind of grabbed Murray and 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 kind of put it by his collar and threw him against a wall. And then after that, Murray didn't speak to Ramis for over 20 years. Um, and in this movie, they do bring back the original three. So all, all of them, was, and then Egon is back too, in a sense, but he's a ghost um, hmm. in, the, in the movie. 
Uh, and so they basically show a s- situation where Bill Murray is kind of, you know, making amends with Al Ramis, but it's obviously Bankman, you know, making amends with um, Egon in a sense. So that was really cool. I thought that was a nice touch uh, to, to, uh, to, to that, seeing that, you know, there was a real life fallout. Um, and they had actually made amends in a sense right before Ramus passed away. Um, Bill Murray had gone over on, like essentially Ramus was on his deathbed, deathbed um, and he pretty much has lost his ability to speak, but Murray went over there with like a box of donuts supposedly, and they kind of, he kind of just talked for both of them. And, you know, they, obviously they, they kind of, he buried the hatchet with them at that point, but they kind of wanted to, you know, it was nice that they referenced it in this movie. Um, and then the last thing I do want to mention uh, was one of the post credit scenes. I know, obviously, I don't know if you know this, uh, maybe you've heard about it, but um, in the original movie, Ernie Hudson's character, Winston uh, Zettimore, he was supposed to have a much bigger role in, in that movie. He had like a, he was supposed to be in the movie from the beginning. He had like a bigger background. Um, it was like well documented. Hudson's character was supposed to have like a much bigger role in the in the '84 until the script change uh, mm-hmm. meant that many of his early lines were kind of taken over by the other members. Like they gave it to those other members his lines, um, and then in the afterlight, it's kind of set and in that post credit scene in the final scene, it kind of sets up a sequel in the post credits where he finally does get some, some kind of justice to the character of the original uh, Ghostbusters where, and where Winston is given more due. He's like, it shows him like um, where he, where he's a lot, he's real accomplished uh, since his days as a Ghostbuster. And he ends up purchasing the old firehouse headquarters. Uh, he's positioning himself to be like kind of the forefront of wherever the front franchise might be heading towards next. So yeah. like his kind of shows and like his status in the Ghostbusters has risen and he's going to kind of potentially be in charge. Um, there's a little other stuff that kind of happens in that post credit scene, but I just thought that was cool because um, obviously he was kind of given the raw deal in the original movies where he wasn't really, you know, he wasn't even like he, uh, one of the original posters for the movie. He wasn't even included in that poster. Oh. Um, yeah. So they, they, they really did, um, you know, dirty and they kind of made up for it but yeah like i said you know there, there's the little things here there that i pointed out that, that are nice nice little um touching stuff that they did and uh the movie overall like i said i i would recommend um maybe you don't want to watch in the theater that's fine but I, if you have you know one night and a weekend when you're kind of looking for something to do it's a nice movie to throw on um if, when, when it comes out so i would recommend watching it for sure Okay, so it sounds like the original cast played a like they weren't just like a small cameo in this movie that they were like throughout the entire movie. So in the end, they show up. Um, the Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson they show up in the end um, okay. to and like the final battle scene, if you will. But yeah, it's like I said, it's. Um, um, it, the most of the bulk of the movie is with um, 
with like uh, McKenna Grace, Finn, uh, Wolf, Wolfhand, I think, Wolfhard, Wolfhard. Um, they show him, obviously, Paul Rudd. Um, they also have uh, their uh, mom, who is uh, Carrie Coon. Um, she's in it as well, obviously. So they have her in there as well. Um, so she, yeah, they're they're the ones that uh, are the are in the movie the most. And then in the end, they do bring back the, those three. And I don't know if those uh, like I don't know if Bill Murray and Dan Acker will be involved later on, but it seems to be that Ernie Hudson might be involved, and in, if they do a sequel. So okay, and then another question I had: um, You said they had the same original guns and the, the the car, but did they have anything else that was new to this like current day technology to use to catch these ghosts or fight? No, no. So they didn't. Like I said, they the the catcher ghost catcher was the same like the original one, like they show. Um, like the prop that they have is pretty much exactly similar to the one in the original movies the blasters with the pack everything's the same uh they didn't really have anything different um maybe the i can't remember if they had the what do you call the the detector was different maybe in this one but maybe not i can't remember um but yeah everything like the equipment was all the same they just they showed like the kids finding it and basically you know yeah all right and um well as far as because i'm asking because i'm just curious um and i don't know but um as far as like all the ghosts and other monsters and stuff were they given like an art style that was like like they came just out of the original movies or were they modernized to look like someone designed them recent like you know you look at ghostbusters ghosts it's like oh that's from the 80s did they look like they came out of 2021 yeah uh, so were they done with like modern um cgi were they done with practical effects yeah so like zool might have been a little bit of cgi but he looked very similar to the original um one like the when when he was like the chasing them in in the store and stuff like that and I think that might have been um, just a throwback where they use the same kind of, um, I don't know, whatever that they use, maybe robot robotics. I don't know what they used back then, but it, it looked very similar. Uh, Muncher, who is like the new Slimer, if you will, he basically just eats whatever, which kind of like Slimer eats whatever, um, eats everything. He was CGI for sure. Um, and then in the end, uh, Olivia Wilde ends up playing Gozer, and yeah, see like you see the jetpacks and the blasters there, and so Olivia Wilde ends up playing uh, Gozer, and she's she looks a little different, um, but the out, like her outfit, her hairstyle, and everything is similar. So yeah, um, they, like I said, there was a lot. Like I said, they were connecting the first one, but these characters had their own like story arcs and things like that and i'm sure going forward they're going to do uh i'm not sure what they're going to do I'm, yeah I, I'm, I wouldn't want to guess or anything but it does seem like like i said I, it does seem like from the post one of the post credit scenes um that they will have ernie hudson involved um 
because he like the whole firehouse like i said he buys that and he's going to restart that up again so will be interesting as far as what they do with the firehouse or if they're going to have the firehouse in the sequel or something in general but yeah okay yeah yeah so uh we'll move on though i know We'll we'll get into Resident Evil here. I know you went and saw that, as we were saying earlier in the show. We we simultaneously, like I saw Ghostbusters, and you saw as as I got done watching it, you went in and saw Resident Evil. So uh, we'll we'll get into that. Like I know you wanted to mention um, what your thoughts were on the movie. Obviously, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so, uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, go ahead and tell us about Resident Evil to start. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil, I am the resident gamer between the two of us. So, uh, not only that, I'm actually very much, uh, like I love Resident Evil, um, the franchise, they have more than 10 games to them. I have not played them all. Um, my favorite of them all is Resident Evil 4. It was one of my favorite games of all time up until like last month, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, but yeah, this franchise has many, many, many games to it. Uh, a very big story, a lot of uh, things that are serious topics and that can work as good stories and things that are just super silly and it's just all um, very you know how japanese comedy and seriousness uh, kind of collide in, in storytelling uh but for what is worth this movie was disappointing um which isn't all that unexpected um if you're not familiar with how video game um uh, adaptations work None of them have ever been good, uh, ever. I can't think of a single video game adaptation that was good off the top of my head. Not not one. Um, but this wasn't so super bad. Um, like, Super Mario was way worse, worse than this movie. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie before. You ever watched that? Yeah, I, I watched the, uh, yeah, the John Leguizamo. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah, I watched that. Um I I thought the original Resident Evil was fun. I mean maybe yeah, so, it, yeah. maybe it, maybe I was also like 20 years old when that came out. So maybe <laughs> maybe my memories I'll defend that one. I I honestly will defend that one. So, um I do actually genuinely like the first Resident Evil movie from uh, I think you said it was 2002 uh right. with um Mia Jovovich and um why am i blanking on her like me and john yeah. have this thing for um uh, for the woman in there the the hispanic woman michelle oh, rodriguez uh, yeah, michelle rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, so me, i was 18 yeah. i was 18 when that yeah. came out right yeah me, we, we have a thing for her and uh yeah i'll defend that movie as a pretty solid movie in general uh i think it's got some cool things going on it, it's just uh really fun game referencing movie but it's still as far as how that franchise of movies went uh which they have resident evil resident evil 2 aftermath i think it's what it's called i don't remember there's so many though they they went and kept going and made like seven movies um 
with this Mia Jovovich character, which she is not a game character, but she ended up being like the main character of these movies, but she's not at all in these games. And that's why um, this movie was made, because what uh, this is, is to be more true to the games, at least in that's what they say, uh, more true to the game story than the Mia Jovovich uh, movies were because they went off and did their own thing kind of reference stuff from the games and had characters with similar names and roles but for the most part like i said the mia jovovich uh, alice character drove the movie uh, she was the main character and that's just not at all how the games played out um but this movie completely disregards all of that it's a fresh reboot starts over um, and, uh, it is basically a combination of the story from Resident Evil one, the first game and Resident Evil two, uh, for better and for worse. Uh, it, they combined both of those games story, mix it all around and then made this movie. Um, and instead of going through the trailer, like going through, uh, just to show you, I'm going to show you that a little clip of that in a, in a second of like something that's good in this movie. Um, I do want to start talking about the positives about the movie before I start talking about the negatives. And one of the positives is the character Claire Redfield. Uh, Claire was by far the best character in this movie by a lot, like by a mile. She was the best character in this movie. She's and she she is not the main character because the main because the main cast uh, I would say honestly though um, I wouldn't say she's the main character they just kind of co-lead it but she does do a little bit more of the work pushing the story forward than the other characters that are kind of the main so we have Claire Redfield and Chris Redfield brother and sister and you have leon s kennedy and jill valentine those are the player characters from the games that you would you know if you picked up the games the first two games you're going to be playing as one of those uh characters and let's okay. see out, out of all of these games here i've personally only played the last three at the bottom but i've watched uh, yes, started Resident Evil Zero and then never finished it because I don't like tank controls and static camera. And the first, the next three I've not played, but I play the remakes and then Code Veronica I have not played at all, just to throw that out there. But I'm familiar with the story. So, anyway, um, the um, best character by far is Claire. And she, of the four, like I said, Jill. Chris, Claire, and um, Leon, I think she's probably the most unexpected character to be the best one. Um, Leon is like one of the most fan favorite type of characters from the games. And Chris is kind of one of the more driving forces of the games uh, as far as uh, pushing the narrative forward. But Claire has been hardly in the games not she had she says like with three games that she's in no two three there's three games that she's in uh out of like the 10 15 games that they've made and there's a very small role so it's just kind of unexpected at least for me that she would be not only the best character but also pushing the story forward um she 
had so many great moments of shooting zombies, uh, shotguns, like, and she was like, she was there for it. Um, yeah, so that's uh, Alice is on the right. This picture of is Alice. That's the character from the first movies. Um, that's not in uh, that's not in the games, and not and she's not at all in the the new movies for for the for the record. But she she just is she just took takes uh, aim of everything. Like Leon is everyone's favorite. Nearly everyone. He's, he's my favorite, actually. I'll just say that he's by far my favorite male protagonist in any game ever. And his character in this game, or excuse me, in this movie, he's just kind of a little disappointing up until the end. He doesn't really do much. Um, although one thing that's weird about it, the whole movie is that there's zombies and no one's freaked out about it. Uh, other than Leon, <laughs> other than Leon, he is the only character that is like completely in the dark. So just to give you a quick background um, on Leon, Leon's, a rookie cop and this is his first day on the job and there's a zombie outbreak on his first day on the job so he is in this movie he he meets he's at like the diner in the movie and when we first meet him and then uh, jill and wesker and like a couple other guys uh part of this group called stars they are like the elite uh, police force police like a group within the police like raccoon city's police department and then they have the stars as an elite group of police officers so they're there and then leon's like just next to them eating and um they just kind of like another group of cops come in and they joke and they talk about oh your dad was a cop and he got you this job in this really terrible town uh, and I heard you shot somebody accidentally when you picked up your first gun. You're so bad at being, you know, stuff like that. Cause he just like, he's a rookie. And throughout the movie, as these things are happening, he's like, what's going on? No one's telling me anything. I don't know what's going on. What's happening to these people. He's the only person in the whole movie that has that kind of reaction. Claire is coming in, even, her, you know, she's a great character, but she comes in, with this knowledge of the uh, the zombies or something, she something's wrong. I should say she knows something's wrong. Uh, her brother dismisses everything, but when he when stuff happens, he's still like, "Oh, don't know what's wrong with these people, but I'm going to shoot them anyway." And then um, <laughs> same thing with, with Jill. She's kind of the same thing. So he leon at least has like a genuine reaction to it and literally every other character is like oh well i'm just gonna shoot him and you know, whatever um uh, but you know he, he, by, they're not freaked yeah, out by the eating yeah. of humans not freaked out by the blood coming out of the eyes uh <laughs> not freaked out by the uh the crows that are like like flying all crooked and stuff and then the <laughs> doberman pinchers that are the foaming at the mouth and stuff like that no like even though claire wasn't really freaked out it was still cool to see her act like a boss like she was totally gangster in this movie um the only gripe i have with her is that her jacket didn't have any kind of detail on it because uh one easter egg um in the original games it's a red jacket but then it has um like a, a a pattern on the back. I think it's like an angel or something like that. Um, 
I can't think of it exactly, but it, it's like a big fun pattern on the back. And then in the new games, it's a different pattern, but it's still something back there when this jacket didn't have anything. And then her hair wasn't in the ponytail, which is not a big deal, but we it would have been nice. Uh, anyway, um, another thing that it didn't have a lot of great cinematic things, but there was a really cool shot that I want to show. Uh, they actually posted on the YouTube channel, so we're going to go to that right now. Uh, it's just a really great example of So yeah, that's like a really cool scene um, in the movie, and there's it. That's just like the the first part of it too, because they don't they don't have any more on the, on YouTube. It kind of goes on later. They revisit it where it's the same kind of idea where the lights instead of a lighter, it's with gunshots. So there's a big action scene where the zombies are coming at him. It's dark. And then he shoots the gun. The light from the gun lights up the uh, the room so you can see the zombie coming. But then just only every gunshot is the light. So it's just a, a flash and then that's it. And then another flash with the gun and then you see the zombies getting shot. And then another flash of the gun and it just keeps going. And uh, it's just a really cool sequence that they did and it was really good. But there's not that many of those in the in the movie that are like good sequences or good camera angles or uh good acting for that matter uh it was like these actors weren't bad but they just weren't put in positions to do all that well um and i guess we can just go from there to like something i would consider bad it says they just stuffed too much in the movie um like I said, there's like 10, 15 games, and this is... So they added all the games into like one movie, or...? No, they added like about two games. The first two games are all this story. So there are maybe, I would say they, they take Chris and... Um, well, Chris kind of on his own. So it was really more uh, Claire and Leon are a group for the most part, and they follow them pushing some story forward and one uh, one side of things. And then they have Wesker and Jill and then Chris and some other guy. I don't just some random dude because uh, the four of them go to the mansion to investigate uh, some you know dead body or something like that. And then once they're in the mansion, they split up. So they go to you know, two groups in the mansion and then Chris and Leon or Claire and Leon are at the police department. So there's like three different things going on. But in the games, the mansion is its entire game. That's the first game is the mansion. The, the things that happen in the first game is in the mansion, 
under the mansion and around the mansion. And that's like if you're playing the games for the first time and you're just pacing yourself, that's easily like 10 hours of gameplay, you know, including cutscenes and stuff. Uh, you can speed run these things if you know exactly what you're doing and where you're going and play it in maybe like two or three hours. But for the most part, that's still more than enough material to be a whole movie. And then same thing with the second game. It's, you know, take your time, 10, 15 hours of gameplay uh, plus cutscenes and stuff. Uh, but speed running, speed running it, maybe like an hour and a half, two hours if you're really, really good. Either way, that's still more than enough to be its own movie. But they took both game, both games and put them together in one movie and then move people around and put them in situations that they weren't in in the games, uh, interacting with characters that they weren't interacting with in the games. And they also switched personalities a little bit. Um, but it's just it was just too much of a mess. And when you do all of that, it leaves uh, or you miss opportunities to develop characters and develop plot lines and to explain things. Um, because there's so much going on in this movie, they kind of just jump right into zombies and not really explain where they came from. Why were they made? Uh, who's behind all of this? Uh, how do you know that they're going to die when you shoot them in the head? Like, or <laughs> uh, what is their weakness? Or uh, in, in just, just fleshing things out a whole lot more um, would have been so much better than trying to dram everyone's favorite character and then a few referencing scenes from the games and uh, going into stuff like that. Well, to be fair, uh, headshots usually kill anything. (laughs) Very true. In in most cases, in most cases that does work. But like, uh, let's just say, um, for example, the, if you just look at like the first, the first game and what they could have done for this whole movie. So that would have cut out Claire. That would have cut out Leon um, and just not had them at all. Cause the first game is just about Jill and Chris and, uh, and Wesker who is like, he's a villain in the games, but Wesker in the movie is kind of, well, he's different. Let's just say he's, he's just different. He's not quite at that villain level. Because even in the games, it was like a kind of a, a trick. Like you think he he's actually the captain of stars and you think he's on your side and then he double crosses you later on. In the movie, he knows something is wrong going into it, but he wasn't like fully against the team right away. He, he just was like, I know a little something, but that's about it. But going into the movie, almost everyone knows a little something is wrong before the movie even starts, except for Leon, who is literally, like I said, it's his first day. So he doesn't know anything. Um, and I think that explaining that part of it would have been better and having like, like, why does Wesker know all of this stuff? Why does Claire know all this stuff? They did go into that a little bit, but why does the police chief know everything? Why does, uh, Chris not feel as bothered as he should be and being in a situation, being in a mansion surrounded by people trying to eat his throat. 
He's just <laughs> shooting people just because they're attacking, not so much, not asking any questions, not doing any investigating, uh, stuff like that to, to flesh out the story. And it could have been more moments uh, from the games that they could have brought in. So uh, they did do like a, a couple good like video game references. Um, like if you play the original game, one of the first cutscenes with a zombie, or I think it is the first cutscene with a zombie, you, you see them like eating someone on the ground. And then when they approach him with the gun, he turns up and looks backwards like, like that. So they did that shot in the movie. But then, um, and then another thing they did is I think almost every game, there is a helicopter pilot that's supposed to be just like, you know, helicopter pilot. I am here to save you. Let's, heli- let's get you out of here. Always crashes and dies every game. And like I said, it's like 10, 15 games. It's just something that it's like they do all the time. And they did that in the movie. So that was really cool uh, for them to throw that in there. Um, and then they had puzzles. The game is not just shooting zombies, but there's like puzzles to solve. Like I said, just stuff, hidden rooms and stuff. They had like one puzzle in the movie. It was okay, but um, you know, some effort was there. But the, it, if they didn't combine so much, they could have had opportunity for more puzzles, uh, more fleshed out characters, uh, and more plot points and more explanation uh, than what they had. Uh, um, were there any? Were there any like um, post credit scenes or mid credit scenes? I think. So. Um, I think, as I explained earlier, the movie theater that I went to was a little trashy, and uh, I was pretty much ready to get up out of there as soon as the movie was over. So I didn't watch any post-credit scenes, or at least look for any, or figure out if there was until afterward, um, which I have not seen it, but there is a post-credit scene. Uh, It involves uh, Ada Wong which would be her first appearance in the movie. So she's just like a secret thing. And um, Wesker. So Wesker is supposedly, well, he was supposed to have died in the movie, which was weird. Um, A weird take, Uh, a a deviation from the games, I should say, in in a way, kind of. Um, But he supposedly have died, but then Ada shows up. And he's still alive. She took his body and they jacked him up with some virus. So he's still alive. And he's got powers now. So that was pretty much what happened. I just wish I would have seen what Ada looked like, what kind of dress she had on, haircut and stuff. Because uh, Ada's just really cool. Um, but yeah, like that's about it for what it's worth. Like there were some characters that were missing and some characters, like I said, they're... Uh, their personalities were were swapped. Uh, one, Barry Burton, not in the movie. Uh, Rebecca Chambers, not in the movie. Uh, there weren't any tyrants, which is like a big humanoid monster uh, in the movie. That's usually the end boss for most of the games. There weren't any tyrants whatsoever. There was one liquor uh, monster, but no tyrants, uh, including Mr. X. Uh, Marvin at the police uh, police department. It was not at all there. And it, unless there was a uh, Easter egg that I missed, like in the background, I don't think Kendo's gun shop or Joseph Kendo or Robert Kendo were in the movie whatsoever. Um, it did have Lisa Trevor 
and that is she was very different from what she was in the games but she was in the movie and she basically wasn't even a threat um as much of a threat she is is in the game she wasn't a threat at all she was actually like a friend to claire um for the most part and she helped them she killed the liquor and she helped them find the secret doors in the orphanage but that's about it and you have something as incredibly creepy and weird as uh lisa trevor i would have liked to have seen her do something a little bit more um at least have a fight like i said she did fight a liquor and and killed it but after that we, we didn't see her again there was no fight because in the games, you if you fight her, she will kill you, and that's just it. She you cannot beat her at all. And I would have liked to have seen someone try her and, and do something else. But yeah, they just kind of wasted it. Um, yeah, that that it's just a whole lot of a uh, mess. I wish it was a lot more, and they didn't try to stuff so much in there. But we'll see what happens. Cause I guess they're planning on doing more if it, 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 there was like maybe half of the theater was full of uh, people. So it had a pretty good showing from when I went again, it was like Saturday. So it wasn't even like the, the opening night. So maybe they made some good money. Nice. Nice. So they didn't, did they have any like homage to like the original movies, like Easter eggs, like referencing the original movie somehow? And I would say no. I mean, I, again, I have, it's been so long since I've seen, I've seen Resident Evil, the first movie a, mm-hmm. a handful of times. Cause I do actually genuinely like it when it comes on TV, I'll actually watch it. Um, but the other movies after that, I think I've seen the second movie once and then, three four five and whatever uh they're titled i've never seen um so i if there was references to those specifically i wouldn't even know but as far as the first couple i don't think so um like i said the mila jovovich character is not at all in the games and they didn't reference her in this movie and i don't believe they will i think they're moving on from that and um i can't think of any other sequences or kills or anything else that was like a reference to the first movie interesting so what would you say this like you not a good movie at all and you don't you're not interested in the second one at all or i am only i'm like like slightly interested only because ada and it's like literally only because ada because i want to see what she looks like and then what they might do with her she's a very mysterious character and um she has this big thing her and leon have a uh, have a thing let's just say that i won't over explain because even even capcom doesn't know what they're doing with those two (laughs) but uh they have a thing and it's very like i'm very very interested in in what they might do with her and Wesker in general is one of the best video game villains of all time. And I don't like what they did with his character in this movie, but you know, he didn't really, it wasn't really about him as a villain in this movie anyway, for the most part. So if they do continue on, hopefully they will evolve his character and 
you know, make him good, <laughs> make him entertaining. Because uh, he's, he, like I said, he's he backstabs the team in both the game and the movie. But the way he backstabbed them in the in the movie wasn't like, oh, he was plotting all along to, you know, he's been the bad guy. It wasn't Agatha all along. It wasn't one of those things. It's just like right. he he knew something, but he didn't know everything. And then once he started to, he just like, okay, I'm just going to go with this. And then Jill was like, I'm not sure what you're doing. What are you doing? And then he just went off and then we didn't see him again until he started uh, killing folks, which was pretty messed up what he did, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into that too much. But yeah, uh, they they changed too much with some of the characters and they didn't need to. How about uh, I like uh, the actor Neil McDonough. Um, he's been a lot of different things, like a lot of different things. Is he yes. a really big role? Um, yes. So or... he plays William Birkin, and William Birkin is like the chief scientist of Umbrella. Umbrella is a oh, pharmaceutical wow. company. I, I didn't really right. explain that. So Umbrella is a pharmaceutical company, and they basically own the city of Raccoon City. Like they. Right. That... That hasn't changed from the original movie because that's also referenced in the original that they're a pharmaceutical company. Right. So they're this big pharmaceutical company. And the premise of like the beginning of this whole movie is that um, they are uh, the, the umbrella is basically everyone in Raccoon City works at Umbrella pretty much because uh-huh. that's what they're there for. And Umbrella decided to leave. And everyone that made a bunch of money with Umbrella went with Umbrella. But everyone that couldn't afford to leave Umbrella or leave the town because they just didn't make enough money or they were poor or whatever, they had to stay behind and Umbrella just left. And it's basically a ghost town, Raccoon City now. Uh, Spencer, The Spencer Mansion is gone because he's the one that founded Umbrella and made all the money. The mansion's empty, etc. So. Uh, Birkin, which doesn't make sense to me, if he is their chief scientist, the person that invented this virus and all of this, why is he still there and everyone else is gone? That makes no sense to me. If he making good money, he should be. You know, he created the virus. That's the whole point of what they're doing is to sell this thing on the black market and make a bunch of money. And they need his research and his, his virus, the sample. Why is he still there and everyone else gone? Is he like a bad guy in the movie then? Or he is a bad guy and um in, in the games as well. Um but it they kind of made it seem like he because in the again in the games he's a bad guy, but kind of out of circumstance. Whereas in this movie, he's bad because he's making this uh you know, he's making this virus and then he's already involved. Again, everyone knows something in this movie, but they don't explain why they know it or how they know it. And right. he he is he's basically caught by um uh, by Wesker. Like what happens is like real quick, um Birkin and his wife are you know wakened up by their daughter. It's like she goes to sleep nightmare of monsters are trying to get me. Ah, no, you're just fine. And then, um, they 
go back to sleep, honey. And then Birkin gets a phone call while they're attending to the daughter. And then we don't even know what's said, but he hangs up the phone. Hey, honey, everyone get dressed. We have to leave right now. And then they ended up going down to the secret laboratory underneath the police station or maybe it's believed orphanage. I can't remember, but uh, this is secret laboratory underneath the ground. He's grabbing all of the virus samples and his wife, which in the games, his wife, Annette Birkin also works for umbrella and she knows absolutely everything. And she is very much involved in the creation of the viruses and the testing and all of that stuff in this movie she knows absolutely nothing she's just a regular mom she had like three lines and she got shot in the head really fast um and that's it and uh <laughs> that's what, by by wesker so wesker comes in uh to this lab he finds out what birkin's doing they try to do the you know, I, I don't have a gun. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, 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 I got shot sort of thing. So when Birkin gets shot, she, he's trying to get the virus into him before he dies. And then that's when Annette gets shot. And then Sherry's just there. Um, he almost he pulls his gun out on the kid, but he wasn't going to shoot her because she's a kid. And he just killed his mom and his dad, her dad and her, um, her mom. So he wasn't going to shoot her. And then Jill comes in and shoots Wesker, which, uh, you know, he shouldn't, she shouldn't even be involved whatsoever. But that, again, this whole situation is completely different from the games. And then he turns into a monster. Birkin turns into a monster because he injected himself and he becomes the big monster at the end of the movie, uh, you know, continuing on. But his role is just a lot different than. Um, the games were um, he did okay as the monster but he, he still was very like little like very little of him was in the actual uh, movie and then he changed it to the monster and after that once he's this monster he's like this for like maybe three minutes and then he turns into a, a second form and you don't even see his face anymore so uh, yeah, it, it's it's fine, but at the same time, uh, it would have been nice for that to be a fleshed out thing in a whole movie instead of a five minute sequence. You know what I mean? No, yeah, for sure. It's it seems like they had a lot, like you said, they had a lot going on, and they didn't know how to <laughs> like kind of organize it all. <laughs> Yeah, I just think that you're trying to appeal to as many Resident Evil fans as possible without realizing that it's sacrificing the quality of the story. Right, right. So, but yeah, that, those those are the movies that Carl and I saw. We talked about them. Um, I think my recommendation is mine was good, and yours is ah. Eh, yeah, if there's two, one thing to walk away from is. You should probably go see the movie he saw and not see the one that I did. Yeah, <laughs> definitely go uh, go watch the after Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, I'm assuming you've seen it already. If you're listening this far into the show, though, because we gave away a lot of spoilers. But if you ha- uh, haven't by chance and you just didn't care about spoilers, um, yeah, go watch it. Go watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. But uh, that that pretty much do it for this week's episode. Uh, I know Carl and I might be going to uh, C two E two, 
um, which we'll, we'll probably do an episode about that, just like our experience there. And um, I think that's coming up uh, December uh, 10th to the 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we're going to probably go to December 12th uh, that day, um, just because schedule-wise, that's the only one that kind of works out the best. But yeah, we'll, we'll probably uh, down the line, obviously that's a couple of weeks from now, but um, we will probably uh, have a show uh, t- dedicated to C2E2 uh, at some point. But yeah, that's that's a wrap for today uh, for myself, Salim Sutterwala, and for Carl Eames. Uh, obviously, please follow us at si- my, my handle is at Science Fiction and Carl's is at Ninja Chortles. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Peace out, guys.